Hey there, Smelly Bellies. It's uh, Phil and Mike. And we're here to talk to you through the interwebs because that's what we do in our spare time. You know, this is really just an excuse for Mike and I to talk because we're in love with each other. Yes, we are. In a completely Mm. platonic, non-sexual way, Mike. Maybe for you, Phil. Oops. Anyway, this is episode 18. Boom. We can almost drink beer. Michael, I'm excited. I'm excited to be recording another episode of this wonderful podcast with it's, you. It's so good. It's so good to be here, Phil. So good to be talking to you. I'm going to be honest. We spent about an hour just kind of BSing before this, and my soda's warm. I'd like to start drinking it now, so I'm going to yes. open mine. Okay. I'm going first. Please. So, in an effort to not be fat, I have decided to forego soda. But then I was like, what do I do in a situation when I record a smelly cast? Because we have to have sodas. You have to. It's part of the rule. I'm walking through Whole Foods, and my girlfriend's picking out all this gluten-free stuff because she's eating gluten-free. And I'm like, soda aisle. They have Virgil's. I love Virgil's. That's healthy, right? (laughs) And then I find Virgil's root beer made with stevia. What? Zero calories. Absolutely nothing in it. Diet Virgil's? Five milligrams of sodium. Not even enough to register 1% of your daily value. Does it have does it have any flavor in it? Okay, so the first one I opened, I tried. I bought a four pack because you know me, of course. And I tried the first one, and it just tasted like mineral water with a little bit of root beer seasoning. Oh man, it sucked. I was like, this is gross. I don't really like this. And Chelsea likes mineral water, and so I gave it to her, and she's like, I do not like that at all. <laughs> and so I finished it. <laughs> of course. Because it doesn't even count towards your daily intake. Right. <laughs> so then later, I was like, I'm still thirsty, and I paid a dollar twenty-five for that, so I'm gonna go drink that crappy mineral water. And I popped up in the second one. I was like, This is way better. What? Yeah, I got like the tail end of like a of like a pack of soda, and it was just like carbonated water with a little bit of the root beer stuff. They're actually oh. decent. They're not by any means as good as like a regular Virgil's, but they're they're good. So you just you just got a bad that was just a bad, a bad bottle bo- a bad bottle in a four pack yeah that's good that's good how's this so one? Is it de- a good good bottle yeah so definitely has a bit of a stevia flavor like it's not like a sugar flavor it's sweet but it's not sugary what um, does stevia taste like is it yeasty it's something between like an aspartame and a sugar what does aspartame taste like I don't diet drink Co- diet. just think of diet coke I don't I've never had a diet coke what. Why would I have a Diet Coke when I can have a real Coke? Who are you? Why would I have a Diet Coke? Have you ever had a Coke Zero? Uh, I think once on accident. You remember that taste? No. You ever had a Diet Dr. Pepper? Mm, Yeah, and just tastes like crappy Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that's that's the aspartame flavor. That sounds stupid. Yeah, so this is like... Why would anybody want that? This is like between that. But if you really want a soda and you want absolutely zero caloric intake, it's a win. So they have all kinds of flavors. They have a stevia, a zero. It's called Virgil's Zero. 
And so they have a Virgil oh. Zero Coke, root beer, like cream, a couple cream sodas. So I will review a couple every week for the next couple That weeks. sounds awesome. Get, get your stevia on. Mm. Okay, well, I'm not on a diet. I'm just working towards getting fatter and fatter. Um, We're, I'm losing weight and he's gaining weight. We're going to meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, so... What I'm drinking tonight is a uh, it's a Jackson Hole soda, uh, and uh, it, it's wonderful wonderful soda company, based out of you guessed it Jackson, Wyoming, and um, <clears throat> today I'm going to be drinking the Snake River Sarsaparilla. Ooh. So I've had a couple other of uh, the Jackson Hole soda um, sodas, and uh, I, you know I, you know I've been impressed. None of them have really like wowed me like 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 made me really want to continue to drink it but they're all they're all pretty good um so let's let's bust into this ready oh yeah okay so smell out the bottle definitely have that sarsaparilla root it smells good so this is uh this is of course made with um carbonated water cane sugar natural and artificial flavors uh a strange extract called quilleria yeah i don't think you said that right Q-U-I-L-L-A-I-A. Quill-A-A extract. Um, and then and then some other things. But uh, let's just let's get a little pour on. Decent fizz. I wonder how many people either want a soda or have to pee after listening to that. <laughs> Pretty good head that we've got going on. Um, this is, this is going to be good. Um, it smells a little sweet. Um, I, I'm getting a little bit of licorice. It could be a star of anus. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even. I can't even say it with a straight face. Star of anus. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. It's anise. Star of anise. Oh jeez. It kind of is like a licorice kind of flavor. Good. But I'm smelling the licorice. Pretty strong. And that might, maybe that's that quill quillaya. But uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, uh, it's nice. I'm actually pretty impressed. It's it's not like most sarsaparillas that that I've had before, and I'm, I really do love sarsaparilla. Um, it's it's pretty smooth, actually, surprisingly. Um, not not overly carbonated. It's got a good color. I definitely have a good aftertaste. I've, I've got kind of a, like a, kind of like a woodsy kind of flavor um, that, that lingers with you. That's probably that, that root that I'm tasting. Uh, it, it's pretty good. It, it is very light. It's not a very, it's not a very full bodied soda, hmm. but, uh, but pretty, but pretty refreshing. So um, this one, I, I think I'm going to give it a, uh, Start, you know, right off the top of my head, I'm probably gonna go, you know, three and a half out of five stars on 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 the Jackson Hole Soda Snake River Sarsaparilla. Cool, cool. I'm gonna give the Virgil Zero Root Beer on the zero calorie soda range. I'm gonna give it a four. So, the, but not out of not on a normal. Does soda the zero? Scale. But because it's a zero, that bumps it up a little bit more. Yeah, because it's stevia right. instead of aspartame. Right. Um, and I'm that's on the scale of diet sodas, not on regular sodas. On the scale of regular sodas, is like a two. 
Of course, of course, right. right. Yeah, I mean, some you, sometimes you just need to have the diet. I guess I don't know. I, I've never, I've just never really drank diet sodas. I don't know. Lucky, you're gonna avoid brain cancer. This is really good. I would recommend this. Cool, especially if you don't want something that's like super heavy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should uh, start off with like a little uh, housekeeping. There's something I think oh, we yeah. should bring up. So Mike and I have uh, stats. We've got stats. Stiddy stats. Hey. Come on down and hear the stats, yeah. That's the new intro for stats. <laughs> so in the interest of uh, self-deprecation, we thought we'd talk about how many downloads we're getting. And yeah. I think we'd start, I think we should just go over our number one episode so far. Sabotage Gouda. Episode eight was our most downloaded podcast with 337 downloads. That's pretty impressive. So whoever's down, whoever one of you out of the five is downloading and deleting and downloading and deleting and downloading and deleting this app that much. Thank you. Apparently it's more than five. So um, if they're, you know, maybe it's people in India. We don't know. It's, so our last podcast had 38 requests. So we had 38 downloads out of our last podcast and it's been up for a week. So... Yeah. yeah, so we'll see where we get. Yeah, anyway, just getting some basic data. And yeah, if you have yeah, any well, questions, we'll... Pretty, pretty cool stats, though, uh, how many times it's been recorded, you know, or downloaded. So th- th- my real question is, that's how many times for sure it's been downloaded. How many times do people actually listen to it? Because for me, I listen to every one probably like four or five times on repeat. I doubt so that. I doubt like that we do we that. don't really we don't even he doesn't do count that. the repeat list. No, no one does that. We only count the one time download. No, no one. No. I no. bet. I bet somebody does. I bet Craig does. Craig might. It's probably Craig who's doing this to basically <laughs> sandbag our stats. Anyway, um, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome information. Since we always joke about it, I figured it'd be nice to give you guys a little update on our stats, 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 stats. <laughs> so, moving on, let's get back to it. Well, uh, so the, for this next section, we thought we'd kind of move it. We usually save it kind of towards the middle or the end, um, but we decided that we were gonna we were gonna do movies. So now, today we're gonna be reviewing Planet of the Apes, but not just any Planet of the Apes. We are gonna be reviewing. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the 2011 hit movie, and also the newly released Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so, I just upset so the dogs. Let's do let's do let's do the 2011 one first. Yes, I think Rise. So. Um I will just say that the Planet of the Apes franchise is huge because of its social critique. Back when the first ones came out, it was all about, it was right during civil rights. And I think it's interesting that they're making them again at the same time where civil rights is at the forefront of kind of our nation's conscience. So it's interesting. I I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know, you've got the ape rulers over the white, over the the human slaves and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's they're basically starting over with these prequels but it's right right but it's it's amazing um and i think where it talks about you know the first one was very influential because it talks about you know genetic mutations and it talks about you know animal testing it talks about cruelty to animals i mean there's so much in this and at the same time it's having a huge 
statement about ourselves as human beings and our very, society. Very true. So there's a very meta section of this where it's talking about how we treat those that are different. Right. So. Right. Wow. That's some, that's some deep analysis there. Mm. I didn't even get there. I was like, I like monkeys. It's a smelly booger of gold. <laughs> that's what we call that. I, li- I like I like monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> apes. They're apes. No, they're just monkeys. They're apes. There's a difference. So, um, so I I I I liked this one. This movie when it came, first came out, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I haven't watched it a lot since since it came out. I honestly, I've maybe watched it once outside of theaters. Oh, I've watched it at least four or five times outside of theaters. Oh, okay. So you've watched good. it at least once a year since it came out. And our boy Jesse Pinkman's in it. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Gotta love him. Yeah. So it's incredible. I can't believe it came out in 2011. That just seems like it was yesterday. Um, wait, 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 wait. Not Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. He does. He's the bad guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Did you look it up? Holy guacamole. I gotta go back and rewatch it. It's now. Aaron Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, even more so than Aaron Paul, James Franco. James Franco. So huge and awesome. You know, this was like this is kind of a step away from the comedy and the the typical. You know, stuff that I, he I was lied. Doing. I lied. It's not Jesse Pinkman. It's Tom Felton. It's Draco Malfoy. Draco. Yeah, it's Draco. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. I, I stand corrected, but it's Draco. Wow. Okay, well, that's not as cool. Draco mm-hmm. deserves to die. I was happy he died. Nobody likes him anyway. They look the Tom. same. Tom Felton looks the same as Aaron Paul. Let's be real. We have to talk about James Franco, right? Right. So Absolutely. This, this film, for me, is just another one that proved how versatile he really is. So he plays something outside of, you know, This is the End, or outside of Pineapple Express, or even outside of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, right? This like, and then, and then there's even the, the the other side with with 127 hours, but this kind of tells me that he can handle that that major role in that blockbuster feature that that uh, of a, of a serious movie of uh, of an action movie right, and uh, and not only an action movie but that still portrays a lot of emotion and a lot of feeling and uh, I, I I'm really impressed by his performance in in uh, Rise. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think it was when James Franco was like on the top of the world. I mean, he was just kind of killing it, left and right. He could do no wrong, and it was. Just, I mean, I was a total James Franco fanboy back then. I still am today, and I, you can appreciate his depth because he's typically portrayed as like the stoner kid, which I like. Right, and he's great at it, but he's he can definitely play a much deeper, richer role. So well, and he's super smart too. So uh, Nikki and I. We actually watched the Comedy Central roast of James Franco. Yeah. Which was, and we watched it recently, but it happened like a year ago. Like maybe even longer because it was right after the Oscars. So they were like giving him a hard time about him and how him and Anne Hathaway just did such a horrible job. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, uh, but he like, you know, he's a poet, he's a painter, he's, he's just such a creative person also outside of his acting. Um, that he does all these other things, which I'm really impressed by. I think it's cool that uh, he's not afraid to just try other things. And yeah, I mean, his poetry is kind of weird and his paintings all suck, but you know, yeah, 
I, that's only my interpretation, of course. Right. 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 But so so on that note, talking about other people who can't pass up John Lithgow. He was mm-hmm. amazing. Amazing. Love I mean, him. There was there was I think the thing that I really loved about that movie was how real it was. Um, mm-hmm. amidst all these other things and even though it's centered around this like, you know, simian flu that's going to break out at the end and the progression right. of these apes getting more intelligent. I mean, that centering piece was huge. Right. And yeah, it was incredible. So, uh, another thing that really stands out to me that I remember is the special effects. You know, yeah. the, the the actual um, creation of the apes and um, you know, and how how they were um, animated. It was uh, Andy was, Circus, was man, fantastic. Yeah, Andy Circus is amazing. Mm-hmm. So with Caesar, and and honestly, like, so I remember coming out of there just being like, wow, like that was just fantastic and then you know we'll talk about uh dawn of the planet of the apes too yeah. and, and and you know but um i i really liked i really really liked uh rise of the planet of the apes i did too i i'd say if you haven't seen it you deserve you owe it to yourself to watch it and if you have seen it you owe it to yourself to watch it again totally and pay attention to some of those cultural statements it's making they're, they're pretty important i think everyone will see a different message or a more important message in it based on what's important to you but there's definitely something there and for as few movies that have real depth to them anymore i think that this is a franchise that does it really really well unless you're just like me and you're like hey i like monkeys apes (laughs) they're not apes they're just monkeys apes markle (laughs) so all right well um let's give it let's give a little star rating okay uh i'd like to hear yours first all right i really liked planet of the apes um, but for some reason, like I told you, I haven't been drawn back in. I can't wait to go watch it now, but, um, but I do remember my feeling coming out of the theater and just being like, wow, that was awesome. That was so much fun. It was a great story. It was, it was really good. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a four out of five on the rise of the planet of the apes. Really, really liked it. And uh, I, I would watch it again, and I would suggest it to anyone. Awesome. I am giving it a 4.5. Nice. Near, near perfect for me. Um, and honestly, I, don't, I can't even think of a reason not to give it a 5, other than at the time. It, it's not one when I think of movies that I'm like, that's a perfect movie. I love that movie. Right. So that's the difference. So that's well, why I'm giving it a 4.5. So maybe maybe it falls into remember what Dustin talked about you know that 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 X factor the thing that mm-hmm. makes it a five is that thing that makes it that that makes it connect with you that makes it resonate with you that you, that you know whether it's emotion or it's um, you know the the sheer size of the film mm-hmm. or different things like that so maybe do you, would would you say that that's maybe what it's lacking Pro- maybe yeah, I had I have that though because of all the things I said I think it's just. Again, you know, looking back, when I look at the list of movies that I would watch over and over again, it's not one that pops into mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's not an immediate, yeah, that was an awesome movie. Like, it's I don't think about it. When I think about it, I think, oh, that was a great movie. I love right. that movie. That movie right. is basically flawless. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's like, oh, I have to think about it to get to that point. So totally. that's why I give it a four and a half. I had basically forgotten about it until I saw the trailer for Dawn. And oh. then I was like, oh, okay. But I was super excited for Dawn because of how good Rise of the Planet of the Apes was. Yes. 
Agreed. So it's, at recollection, it's great, but it's it's not one that sits in my mind like an Inception or like a Dark Knight Rises or a Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight. You know, so, just any Christopher Nolan joint. All I mentioned were Christopher Nolan movies right then. Interesting. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think you have something for us for the next one. I do. I've got a little a little sound treat for. Uh, 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 get so, some. Yeah. Uh, here we go. you think you saw or heard the talking apes with big ass spears we're going up there and we're gonna kill every last one Caesar you have to go soldiers we're coming in dawn of the planet of the apes July 11th rated PG-13 all right. So, as always, spoilers at this point. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it, stop right now. Go watch it. Then hop back on this podcast and finish it. No, really, all we care about is the download. But that's a good question. But um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of wonder if I can give a spoiler-free review of this. You think you can? I, I, I think I can. I don't. For me, I don't think that there's anything I, huge. I, there's something huge that I'm going to have to give away. Okay, okay. It is, because it's, it goes back to that meta factor of this deeper thing that it's talking about among humans, and there's something that happens in it that would is spoil it, it. Is it just that Caesar dies? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just kind of, kind of some background here. So this is 10 years after the events of the first one. Literally, and two years since these apes in San Francisco have basically seen any humans. So they're under the assumption that humans are gone. Caesar has a son named Blue Eyes. He's just had another son. The apes are living in harmony. Their motto is apes don't kill apes. Yep. And yeah, and for all intents and purposes, the apes are just thriving inside this forest and they're doing really well. Um, whereas the humans are barricaded. Everything has been quarantined, and the people only people left alive are the people who are genetically immune to the simian flu. Right. They're barricaded in San Francisco. Right. And so a very specific district inside San Francisco. I'm not right. from San Fran, so I don't know. But I um, am, so I know everything about it. Mike's not, and he doesn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, what happens is <clears throat> they are basically about to run out of power, and so they send people in to examine the dam, and they're on their way out of the dam when one of them stumbles upon a couple of the apes, and he shoots one. Because he's scared. He didn't know what to do. And the apes swarm down on them. Oh, that was cool. Super cool. Scream at him. The, I mean, before this, there's a fight with a bear. I mean, it's a pretty cool sequence. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's the whole premise. But I think we should take a step back and just talk about the opening shot of the whole movie. Okay. By far the best CGI I have ever seen in my entire life. It was fantastic. It really was. I mean, from my eye, my untrained eye, it looked flawless. Yeah. I, and, and honestly, I felt that way through, through most of the film. I mean, there were a couple things. Some wide shots looked a little weird. Yeah. But, but most of, especially the up close and the, the detail um, mm-hmm. was fantastic. 
It really yeah. was fantastic. It's got to win some awards. It has to. It was just incredibly done. They they well, let's just talk budgets here since we didn't bring that up about Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes had ninety three million dollar budget. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes had a hundred and seventy million dollar budget. Wow, it shows. And it, well, but here's the thing, I would I came away with the same you know kind of wow after the first one. Right, but this one there's. Umpteen times more apes, and and it's much more complex. Yeah, like like definitely the animations much more complex. Destroyed San Francisco. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff they had to do, but incredible, incredible. Kudos, hats off to anyone who did this. If by chance anyone of you ever hears this, please email us. We'd love to interview and kind of talk to you about how you guys made that happen. Totes my guts. So cool, so cool, so incredibly done. Well done. The opening scene. I mean, it's just every detail in place and like mike said everything except for a few things which they you could tell they'd animated every movement um that wasn't done by andy the actor or by any of the other people those things you could tell were cgi but pretty much everything else just looked real yeah as real as can be even the hair the hair is what blew my mind yeah and i kind of wonder if they used um kind of so most of the apes are wet through a lot of it you know, because it's just taking place in this dense forest and lots of fog. And I wonder if that ended up being kind of a crutch for the for the CG. But at the same time, like it fit perfectly with the with the surroundings. Um, yeah. But I just wonder if that might have been a way that they were able to, you know, cheat, cheat a little right. while still having actual substance to what they were doing. Right. Yeah. So regardless it's just, incredible yeah and it's honestly it's just nice to see like just nice to see a film where they're not using lens flares to cover up cg yeah <laughs> is that a poke at our boy no jj no definitely not okay because it's it's starting to span all all so many different films that are just embracing these lens flares and they rely on them so heavily especially when there's a lot of cg like like i look at godzilla tons of lens flares when yeah. when we really didn't need to have them but they had to cover up some of the some of the elements wow that's interesting i didn't even notice that so oh, mike's got a keen eye well i think taking a step back from cgi and just talking about story uh, for me if we want to dig in a little bit into the meta stuff that i was talking about the so obviously the incredible thing about the first one that i loved is his name is caesar mm-hmm. and caesar is the guy who in basically makes pizza yeah little he makes little pizzas no (laughs) so caesar ends up being the leader of all these apes right and he's their ruler and in this one the spoiler here spoiler 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 um uh koba his best friend the one that was scarred up from inside the that was mean to him inside the the first one he basically makes a plot to kill caesar to take over the apes to go fight the humans because but he doesn't want to be enslaved again. he doesn't want to be enslaved and he also feels like caesar is weak based uh-huh. off of his background and his sympathy that caesar has for humankind right. so the same guy who shoots the first ape gets in trouble he kills that guy and then he stages a plot and kills caesar just like brutus did to caesar oh. brutus stabbed him in the back and Koba means Brutus in Swahili. I that, that's not true. That's no. 
I'm gonna look up what the meaning. It's not. Yeah, that's. It means betrayer in uh, in Chinese. It is a modern tragedy, though. What is? Koba. Koba is a 1958-59 play. Hmm. That's a modern tragedy. It's not very modern if it's that old. You shut your face. Anyway, um, so, yeah, storyline, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I honestly, my biggest complaint about the whole film is that it's just too much ape for me. Really? Like yeah, just way, way too many apes and not enough uh, substance with the actual, um, like, with the actual monkeys <laughs> or with the people. Okay, well... So, I disagree. Well, I disagree. I just got sick of seeing because it's called Planet of the Apes. Right. No, and I want there to be the apes, and I think and that Caesar's that's important. Caesar's the protagonist. No. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. But I honestly just got sick of seeing so many apes. I wanted to see a little bit more background on how the humans had kind of built up San Francisco, what they were using, why they really couldn't like turn on the radio with the diesel generators, and they had to have the dam power. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's that, stupid. That but, was... uh, you know, they can, they, they can figure out how to how to run this dam, but they can't, like, figure out some solar panels that surely exist in San Francisco. You know, like, you know, lots of different things that, like, there are other methods to get power, and they just relied so heavily on this dam, like it was the only, only option. So and where so it, my is, biggest... it is a great option, but at the same time, there's more that they could have done before Here... resorting to that. On that same note, here's the only thing that I saw. The big issue for me is they're all about, hey, we need to flip on this power, and then the power hits, and the power connects all the way into San Francisco, yeah. right? So oh. San Francisco has power. Thank so goodness. none of these cables have come down in 10 years. Exactly. And the power company didn't turn off lights in some of these houses at some point. <laughs> so the main breaker where it's like, let's flip the switch and turn power to this house to this house is on for everybody. Yeah. All right, that that didn't make a lot of sense so honestly, it's like all of a sudden everyone's got power honestly the biggest thing that i was just like this is like this is unbelievable is that they could not get the radio to work based off of the the diesel generators and the fact that they were actually able to make contact with someone else that was coming to save them through the radio like that would have been tried day one right you know so that was a little bit stupid for me but okay. going back to the apes, I honestly just, you know, like there was there were subtitles for a lot of things that we didn't need subtitles for. There was they were speaking sign language. Right, but but there was also a lot of body language and I think that they could have relied on that a little bit more. Um but the subtitles helped. But I just kind of I don't know, I wanted more of the human side. I wanted to understand more of what they were going through and have a little more emotion about them where I didn't really, you know, like they were all getting rounded up by the apes at the end, and I'm like, oh well, I guess that's what they're gonna do. And okay, so for me, having seen the others, it is way more compelling to me to watch what happens to the evolution of the apes because obviously you have Caesar, this leader who's good, and he's basically a democratic leader. Right. He's all about you know making decisions and no Which slavery. He, he was great. I thought he was wonderful. Right. But then you jump forward to the first planet of the apes, and they have human slaves. Right. Yeah. So. The interesting parallel for me is how do you transition from this good leader who is doing good things and doesn't want to be a bad person to having human slaves? Right. It'll be interesting to see how they get there, and I think that they will through the rest of the like, as they continue the story. 
Right. At least I hope and that now, they do. And now they will, but we understand that now. So for me, that was the thought in my mind the entire time is because, well, how does Caesar become this person who ends up taking human slaves? Right, right. So, so well, it also, there's there's Koba and, and a bunch of apes that kind of sided with Koba. And so I think that we might see kind of a division between them in the next film. And, and, and maybe one is good and one is Koba's, bad. And, oh, right. Not not Koba, but Koba's, the people Father. that followed Koba, right? Okay. Um, and who knows? Koba could be alive, too. He could. Um, he could. So the other thing that I absolutely hated and I thought was stupid and it made me laugh out loud in the theater, can you guess? The music playing? No. Apes riding horses. Stupid. That's not stupid. It was stupid for me. No, they but, took the horses in the end of the at the end of the first one from the police. No, the I know. Police. And I know. If you go back and watch the originals, they ride horses. Well, that's fine. I don't care about the originals. I just thought it was dumb the way that they did it. And then there was the power shot of Koba riding the horse with two machine guns in both hand while he's screaming. I literally laughed out loud in the theater. I was like, that is stupid. Like that is, and it was a hundred percent CG, and like it was just, there was I I hated it, and I laughed, I lolled at it. I said, "This is dumb." It was incredible. It was incredible. Maybe for you, I thought it was stupid and cheesy, and they could have found a different way to do it. All right, well, I disagree wholeheartedly, and I That's think it that was awesome. Especially when he's riding the horse and he jumps over the fire. I will say that it's kind of odd that these apes can shoot guns and it's not like the recoils not jacking up their arms they're pretty accurate with them without <laughs> looking down the sights yeah and, and, and horses, without ever ever firing them before and the horses who've been in you know the forest for 10 years i'm assuming have had more horses and these are horses who never run around gunfire are not scared crapless at the sound of guns and explosions and tanks and yep. fire bombs that's a great point so yeah Great, great, great point. So but that, that's the thing, though. Even if they did take the horses with them, they would have to learn how to break these horses, ride them, control them. And uh, based off of, like, I just don't feel like they were of that level of advanced yet. Right. Being, able, being able to domest, domestic, domesticate horses. the horses. Yeah. Well, they had domesticated horses that they, from the, they took from the police, and so maybe they raised new horses from that those some horses that were domesticated yeah but a lot of work has to go into domesticating a horse even if it was you know being even if it is around other domesticated horses a lot less than a wild horse though yes yes i think so but anyway that's a small that's a small piece of it and it's stupid and nobody else cares so so i guess what i would want to know um for, for i will say that one of the coolest parts is when the apes inside the bus. Maurice, Maurice grabs Loved Maurice. those people and freaking tip it over on them. Yeah. Crush all these apes. It was so cool. That's cool. Yeah. Maurice was cool. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I loved it. I loved uh, it a lot. And uh, so I, I also really liked Gary Oldman. You know, um, Gary Oldman was great. And, Very and, powerful moments when his iPad turns back on and we, yeah. we see a slide of him in the military. So we learn who he is real quick. We learned a lot about him from that. Right there. And then he breaks down emotionally seeing his kids. I mean, there's a lot of emotion that I felt even among the apes and things that were happening with the apes. Mm -hmm. So I really emotionally connected with this movie. Um, 
I thought that it was really interesting to see Gary Oldman's, you know, sacrifice for mankind, you know, you know, blowing up the the building, which didn't even fall down. Um, but just, you know, the fact that we had that emotional connection with him and we saw the lengths that he was able to go mainly because he was uneducated about, you know, what the truth was, what, what, what these apes, who they really were and what was really going on. So, um, all right, well, should we do some star ratings? Yeah, let's uh, let's hear yours. Okay, are you sure you want to hear mine? Yeah. Okay, I give it three and a half out of five stars. Ooh, ooh. The CG was incredible. The acting was okay. I really miss James Franco, and um, and uh, I, I didn't. I thought. Out of five. And I thought the horses were stupid. Ooh. Okay, you ready to hear mine? But that means I liked it, but I didn't ready. love it. Ready to hear mine? Yeah. 4.5 and it would have been a 5 had you not brought up the points you brought up about the power and the radio yep the power the radio specifically stupid it, dro- it lowered it i was fully prepared to give it a 5 until you made that comment like if they, like if they could have just found some other explanation for that but yeah it's not how radios work <laughs> they just maybe need electricity they, maybe they found the radio in the dam yeah there you go there's no radios in all of san francisco <laughs> they've got one in the dam <laughs> Yeah. And they hadn't inspected these weapons. Okay, that's another point. They hadn't inspected these weapons. They had to go do yeah. it all of a sudden. Yeah. Okay, whatever. All right, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, it, overall, I did like it. I will probably watch it again at some point in my life during like a Planet of the Apes marathon, but it's not one that I'm going to like go back and look forward to watching. Um, but, but Rise of the Planet of the Apes... I will, and I am looking forward to going back and watch. So that's kind of the, you know the difference for cool. me. For me, cool. but I'm glad I'm glad you loved it, Phil. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm, um, I am very excited for the next one. I am too. It'll be very interesting to see how that one goes. It's gonna be a lot more fighting. Yeah. So we we obviously have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And we're already over our forty minutes. So I think maybe we should skip one of our favorite sections. Maybe we skip our favorite things this week okay. and save them for next week. Okay. No, none of my favorite things are time sensitive. Are any of yours? No. Okay. They're not. So right. let's let's hop into it. Let's talk about this Vidya Games. Vidya Games. Mike, you've been you've been hitting me up on the Twitter. So okay, we were talking okay. about this stupid game. All right. So this game, I started playing this game. And uh, it's called Ingress. Now, I've been aware of this game for about a year now. And uh, it's been currently, previously, it's been only available on Android. So, uh, but I've been eagerly awaiting for the iOS version. And they've, and they've announced last year, they're like, oh, yeah, it's coming in early 2014. And so early 2014 came and went. And I'm like, where is Ingress? So um, what Ingress is is like kind of the quick and easy way that I describe it is like it's geocaching in a virtual world that ties in with the real world. Yeah. So um, it finally came out on iOS, uh, you know, you, on uh, what what's today? On July, on July 10th, I think? No, maybe July 12th it came out. And uh, I immediately downloaded it, and I immediately went out. And the thing is that I had never played it, so I didn't really know what to do. 
you know, and I, and I still am learning. I'm still leveling up and still trying to get other people to play with me. But what's amazing is the community and the world that has been built around this and how big it is and how unaware I really was. You know, it's amazing to me, and, th- and this happens all the time, when, when you come across a new community of people that is yeah. millions strong and you're just blissfully unaware. Like you had no clue that this whole subculture was happening. At all, like with people in my office. Yeah. Engineers in my office have been playing this. Yeah. And um, one of the fetchers set up a portal right next to my office at a statue at a hotel. Can he reach literally it right from next. the office? No, I have to go walk around and stand there like an idiot. But can he reach it from his desk? Can he sit can in he? his desk and hack it? No. Oh, okay. That's good. Just walk over and sit well, there. So for those of you that don't know, Ingress is uh there's there's a a huge backstory that goes along with it and it's kind of got like conspiracy theory elements to it and we're not going to dive into that right now um maybe we can do another episode dedicated to the story and the background of ingress someday but um the main purpose of ingress is that there is a there is a new type of matter that was discovered when uh at the cern lab in switzerland with the higgs boson while they were discovering the higgs boson particle or something Mm -hmm. so they discovered xm or exotic matter and xm is is running through the through our through our planet and it is finding places to come out now these places where the xm comes from is usually expelled through cultural landmarks um you know statues historical buildings um unique businesses things like that and so in this world it ties in with our with our real world and and it's and you uh, you're logged in and you and there are portals everywhere because this game's been out for two years now there are portals all over and your job is to go and take control of these portals for your team the entire world is split into two teams the resistance and the enlightened resistance is blue the enlightened is green and you are at war with each other the res- the enlightened want to take the exotic matter and use it to further the capabilities of humankind where the resistance fear that 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 uh, if if that happens, that uh, it'll get into the wrong hands and it'll be exploited against us. And so they are trying to fight that power. Of course, the team to join is the resistance. Why? Be- because that's what we all are on. <laughs> that's that's really the only reason I'm on the resistance. Mike just was like, join the join the resistance, and I was like, okay, I join the enlightened. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I have to I have to hate you now. But that's the thing, people really do hate each other. Like yeah. like I was looking on YouTube, people are like getting in fights over this, like they'll be fighting over portals. So when when you go and you hack a portal, you deploy resistors around that portal and it be, it becomes um you know, you take it over for your team. And when you hack it, you also get weapons, you get shields, you get mods that you can add on like uh multi-links or ultra strikes, different things like that. Um, but then you also get keys. And so another, another bigger purpose of the game is to link portals. So if you have two portals and you have a key to one of them, if you're at this portal, you can, you can link to that other portal and it creates a connection between those and you can visibly see it on your map. And then if you go to another portal and, and link to the other two, then you create what's called a field. And feel, creating fields and links give you the most points so that you can level up faster. So, Phil, what level are you? Have you have you made any links, or you've just, have you just hacked so far? 
So the one right next to my office is the only one I've like really. No, there's two. There is one that I like added some resistors to by the at the mall cool. by my house, and then I put in. I there's a portal. The friggin' like I said at the hotel right next to my office, and so when Mike tells me to download the, this, I finally downloaded yesterday, and I get back to my office, and it's like there's a portal nearby, and so I go trudging over there like an idiot, <laughs> walking over to this hotel, standing outside in the friggin' 110 degree heat. Of Tempe, Arizona, and I just stand there by this freaking statue of a cactus, and I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just like hacking. It's like this needs to cool down. It means this is stupid. And I'm like being attacked. I don't know how to fire things. Like I'm just like, what's going on? So I stand there for like ten minutes, and I'm like, screw this. I'm going home. So I went back, and then I kind of played with it a little bit yesterday, and then today uh, I found out that if you go into the ops section and you go to missions. Each of those missions will basically teach you how to play the game. Right. So another thing that is extremely useful is if you go to ingress.com slash intel, it'll give you a map. So you can kind of make plans and you can see where all the portals are. And you can make this? It's ingress.com slash intel. Okay. And so you log in with your account and you can see where all the portals are around the whole world. But you can zoom into your location and you can see different portals and you can make plans for portals that you want to hack, fields that you want to set up. You can see other fields that, that both the Resistance and the Enlightened have created. And uh, and it's really critical for being able to plan what, what you want to do. So my main goal, so I was the same way. I, I didn't really know what I was doing, and then uh, the guy, this guy I work with took me out at, for lunch, and we went to uh, what's called a farm, and I basically hacked you know, 10 of these different portals, got links, created all these fields, and I, and I learned how to, how to play the game. And uh, that was extremely useful, and without that, like, I, would, I would be totally lost. But I'm also extremely hooked. So anybody that plays this game needs to be totally warned, because... Uh, I had a late night movie club on Tuesday. That movie got out at 12:30. And uh, what time do you think I got home? You yeah. told me three. Three in the morning. <laughs> you just like drove around and like just sat in your car outside of portals like an idiot. No, I, well, not like an idiot, but yes, I drove to these different portals. So this guy I work with has has a kind of a rule that he lives by. Matt, I might try to have him on the show. He'd be a great cool. guest to talk to us about Ingress. He's like a level level 10 or 14 or something. Um, so he has this rule that he does not sleep under green skies. Really? Yes. So, so if someone set up portals over his house. If somebody has set up a field over his home, he will not sleep there, and he will go and take out the field before he can go to bed. And so I start driving home, and what do I see? A big old nasty green field right over my house. For those of you that know Utah, somebody had hiked up to the G in Pleasant Grove, Utah, and there's a portal up there, and they had used that to link down to all of these different places across the front, the Wasatch Front. So all of the Wasatch Front is under green. Right. So what did I do? I hiked to the top of the G. No, you didn't at night. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no. So why don't you just break the link somewhere else? <laughs> I know. That's what I did. So I went. I had. To, I drove to Orem. I had to drive to Orem to take it out, and uh, it took me. It took me a little while because I'm a pretty low-level guy. At least I was. And, yeah, uh, so so I'm like sitting there, and I'm like attacking things. It's like one percent damage, one percent damage. Right. So and then they regenerate. No, they don't. Well, they do. Oh. They do if the person on the other end is regenerating them, because you can, you can re, 
you can uh, regenerate a uh, resistor remotely if you have a key to that portal. Okay. So I, so I hacked this one and I got a key. Cool. But it's still green. Right. So what you have to do is you have to take out the other resistors before it'll turn gray, and then you can add your own resistors. And before you can link to it, you have to have eight resistors on it. Mm. Resonators. I'm sorry. They're not resistors. Yeah. Resonators. So what you can do is you can just stand like kind of at the center of the portal and and hit attack all you want but that's not going to do the most damage what you want to do is actually be standing where the resonator is that you want to take out so you will stand in these strategic places all around the portal and if you hold down the fire button you it will it will give you kind of a pulsing that'll go big to small Big to small, so you can choose the fire radius of where you want. So you can target it oh, directly so you do to a small portal. And it does all damage to that. So instead right. of doing 1%, it's doing 8%. Right, exactly. And then you just have to walk around this thing like an idiot. So I'm going to be standing outside this hotel for like an hour and a half. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and that's, that's something to notice, though, because where you are, just like a level 1 right now or a level 2, you want to make sure that you're not trying to take out a level seven portal. They're because, five and six. Yeah, and those are going to be pretty difficult for you right now. Your best bet would be to go and find portals that either are gray, that have died out, because portals will die. They naturally decay. So you have to go and and choose like portals that you can take out. So some portals might only have one resistor on them because all the other ones have died. So you can just go take out that one. It'll go gray, put your own resonators on it, and it's yours. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been focusing mainly around my house. I've got a bunch of different portals down around my house. Can you set up portals or do, how do the portals get created? You can, Sorry. you can. I, so I, the ingress for iOS just had its first update today. And so now Android and iOS are, are up to date. So now we can create portals, okay. um, with the initial release, you couldn't. So the only thing about portals is they have to be pr- approved by Niantic, which is the, the company that creates Ingress, right. which, uh, is a division of Google actually. Right. So I this game is, is created by Google and, um, which is cool because they have a lot of access to all of the Google Maps, to all of this user data. They have the servers to be able to to be able to handle this much data. Uh, really, I don't think anybody could have pulled it off except for Google. So, um, it's really really in depth, but it's super addicting. Like the first time that you make that field, Phil, the first time you make a field, you will feel like the coolest person in the world, <laughs> and that is when I was hooked. Okay. All right. So in order to do a field, you need to have three Three. resonators all with, sorry, three portals all with eight resonators on them. And you need to have keys to at least two of them or to two of them. And you have to make a triangle. Fields can only be made out of three points and they cannot cross any other links or any other fields. So like your best bet is to go somewhere where there's kind of like a farm. If you look on the ingress.com slash intel, you'll find where your local resistance kind of farms are. You can look and see where there's just a really dense cluster of, of blue of blue uh, portals, and that's that's usually their farm. Like uh, the resistance farm is, uh, in a, I can't talk about it in case there's any enlightened speaking, listening, because we've had problems, I guess, with enlightened like joining the resistance as spies, getting into the private Google oh Google gosh. groups and into the hangouts, and then like destroying everything. 
So like you, I I had to go through like all these checks. I had to like send them a picture and my screenshot, and like I had to get a referral from someone just to get in the group. Wow, it was nuts. It's crazy, but it really is fun. Um, so I I would suggest yeah go get out there and and try to do it. And you really can do a lot of it from your car. You don't have to get out, especially when you get leveled up. So I'm at a level five right now. I'm going. So do you have a bigger field? Nope, nope. Your your radius doesn't ever get bigger, but your the weapons that you can have, the XMPs, you can get like level five XMPs, and they do a lot more damage, and they spread a lot further than like a level one or a level gotcha. two. So as you get as you get higher and higher, you'll be able to take out those bigger portals, and you'll be able to take over the one by the hotel at your at, by your work. But I would I would go look on um, on the Intel map, try to find portals that are that are near your house that are that are decaying. And um, right now we're in, in what, what they call an anomaly because of all of the influx of new users. The, the XM is doing weird things, so portals are decaying at a faster rate than, than ever before. Mm. Um, and, and anomalies come and go, and they level out, and super nerdy. Like, <laughs> Seriously. But I guess what's like one of the craziest things is they have like these big meetups. So like we've got a, like a few hundred people in in my region that play, and um, so they'll they'll like meet up and they'll go try to go to take out this portal and they'll all be standing on the resonators all around like a statue, and it's like in, at night and everybody's on their phones and it looks like a like a creepy seance or something because everybody's <laughs> just standing in these like perfectly aligned places around a like a statue, so weird. <laughs> So I, I can't awesome. I can't wait to uh, to go a little more. Um, my goal is to be a level seven by the by, the end of the week. That's crazy. So 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 tell me this real fast. Um, how do I level up? Like how do you get the points? So the best way to level up is by like hacking the fields, but m- more importantly creating. Sorry, hacking the portals, but more importantly creating fields. So you get higher points based on the density of the population that's living under the field that you create. So the wider it is, the more points you get. Right. Or, but if you're like way out in the, like the rural and the farmland, you won't get very much. Even though your, your field could be huge, there's only like two people that live in that field. So you won't get very much. So if, if you go into you know, downtown Tempe and you, and you get some fields there, especially if there are some that are like already linked two ways, then you would get the credit and the AP for that. Um, another thing that's fantastic is they have great community, a great community. So you can get on calm and you can just say, Hey, I'm new. You know, can anyone like help me with, help me understand the game? You know, a lot of people are willing to go out, they'll meet you somewhere and you can go and they'll help you do fields and stuff. So it's actually a great way to meet people and to create friends. Like people will move somewhere and they'll find, they'll make friends because they find people that they can play ingress with. So it's pretty wow. cool. Pretty cool. And it's a, it's a pretty big community. Cool. Cool. Well, maybe I'll go out tonight and drive around and be nerdy. You should. It's actually super addicting. Okay. I, I, I wish I could be there the first time you make that first field. Cause it is it's something cool because then you start looking at the at the intel map and you're like oh, okay so i made this field already but i could connect it with this one over here you so know, like if i break this link and put it but take this one out yeah yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty exciting that's crazy 
So I, I would love to talk to anybody, any of our listeners about it too. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Mewahal, and uh, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to talk about it because I'm I'm learning too. I just barely started, and uh, but I feel like I'm going to be playing it for a little while to come. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I think that's it for Smellycast. That's it. It was good. Go be nerdy. Go stand around a statue like a cult. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right. Check out Planet of the Apes. Check out these awesome sodas we tried today. And check Thanks out. Thanks again for being awesome. Don't forget to check out SmellyCast.com. SmellyCast.com where we'll have updates and uh, cool new news items every day. Yeah. And we're going to try uh, We're gonna try to get some more uh, giveaways going mm. so that we can kind of... I may know a few companies with things like men's rings and headphones and... Whoopee cushions. Herbal supplements. Whoopicushion.com. That's my website. I sell whoopee cushions. I sell pogs. <laughs> it's, right. it's this new thing. You, you probably haven't ever heard of it. It's called milk caps in some countries. <laughs> Do you ever want to punch people who call them milk caps? I've never met anybody that called them milk caps. Oh my gosh. People say, You want to play milk caps? It's like, F that. They're pogs. This is a slammer. That's a chipper. Back that F up. Eight ball corner pocket, bitch. Wow. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm out. I'm angry about pogs and milk caps. Okay. Bye, smelly bellies. Bye.